0: Good to have you here this morning. It's real good to be here. Uh, I feel a little bit like a man who became somewhat famous. I'll show you how famous in a moment because I can't remember his name. He started out a vice presidential debate by saying this Who am I and why am I here? Does anybody remember his name? Ross Perot's running mate and his. Stockdale! Yes! Thank you very much. You know, he started out his presidential debate by saying, who am I and why am I here? And at that moment, I thought, man, I'm glad he's retired. <laughs> you know, you want, a reti- you want a retired general saying that, not someone I feel somewhat like that. I got in at 2 AM your time. I got up at 3.30 my time. So in between, there was a few hours of uh, rest. So I feel a little bit like that this morning. This morning, what I'd like to do is have this to be a very open discussion rather than uh, a lecture type of, of presentation. Uh, the will of God is, th- these will get better, but my, my highlighter kind of has run out of gas. And obviously, I'm a very low-tech person. Uh, that bypassed me, too. Uh, I want to uh, begin this morning by uh, by looking at this generally for just a second. You know, the, the, the theme this week is the kingdom of God is, well, I thought we could start like that. There are some principles about God's will that we know, Right? I'll start with one. It is the will of God that all men be saved. Who can say another one? Oh, Oh, that was your hand, Linda. I know that was your hand. Come on, give me another one. That your joy might be filled. Great. What else? An An abundant life. Great. What else? To be fruitful for others. Great. To be fruitful for others. And we'll get more into that one. To serve others. To serve others, to spread the, spread the gospel to. What else? Love God. Love God. Great. Took us a while to get there. That's that's super. What else? Be at peace with the brethren. Be at peace with the brethren. We'll get to that one later. Great. What else? <coughs> Great to love one another. Took us a while to get there too. Probably following up on that one. It's a good thing. Anything else? Okay, that's good. To know him. I'm sorry. To know him. To know him. Excellent. Not forsaking the assembly. Not forsaking the assembly. Super. All these are terrific. I don't want to minimize any of them, but we need to talk about some bigger things. These are important. We understand them to be critical to our, to our Christian lives. They should be. They must be in order for us to live an abundant life, to live at peace, and to support one another in the fellowship, in his service, all of those things. But we all come into some individual challenges in our lives where it's not that obvious. And there needs to be some serious searching going on as it relates to determining what the will of god is for our particular life we are all faced with choices that are life impacting choices who can give me a couple of those occupation occupation exactly what else marriage marriage let's hold on to that one for just a second it reminds me of a story I had a sermon in, uh, in uh, North Phoenix uh, some months ago, and after which a young brother came up, currently single. He says, you know, Brian, I remember you had a former camp like that several years ago. He says, I was sitting with another young brother in the audience, and after the discussion about marriage, I turned to him and said, well, how are you going to respond to that? He said, I'm never getting married. Uh, would that brother like to identify himself this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Married, take care of children. You know, I thought first we need to fix that this morning, uh, because, in essence, the message that day that he heard was not what was delivered. Uh, and and I hope that this morning, if he is here, and uh, is still single, that we can at least address uh, that in a broader scope. What else? What other big challenges come up in life that that come to mind? Where we live, <laughs> exactly. Anything else? Ministries, excellent. The work that and the talents that God has given us, we need to identify those, put them into action, put them into service. What else? How to make a living? How to make a living? Great. Raising children. Raising children. Amen. Where to go, Where to, go to school? Excellent. Anything else? Becoming a child of God. Becoming a child of God. Yeah, I, that is certainly huge and is the underlying premise. But at this point, as, as believers, as we look at this, uh, this issue this morning, we're looking beyond that already, OK? But agreed. Anything else come to mind? OK, here's the problem. Here is the problem. Why is that true? Why is the first line true? Every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Why is that true? What's your experience tell you? We're not intentionally going to do something that's wrong. Okay. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, as believers, we are not going to do something intentionally wrong. Judy? We can always justify what we like. We can always justify, or we I'm try not to not justify. <laughs> that's right. In our I'm own, not own not eyes, not we do. We we exactly do that. That's <laughs> right. Why else? These are super. We tend to be egocentric. Egocentric. We're focusing on ourselves and maybe only on ourselves at the moment of choice. Excellent. We believe the lie that really doesn't matter. I'm sorry, George. We believe the lie that really in the big picture doesn't matter. Explain that just a little bit more. Give me an example. choice isn't really that big. Okay. Okay. We're We're assuming that it's going to work out. All right. And uh, I'll give you an example of that in just, just a little bit. Adam did it, so we're doing it. Uh, you're going to have to be a little bit, go beyond that, Paul. Tell me what you mean. Well, he, he tried to justify his actions before God. Okay. And in his case, he blamed it on his wife. Way to go. That's a real man. I <laughs> appreciate. What else? Anything else? Okay. It is, it is the problem. And this is the problem that we're trying to solve this morning and give us, each one of us, tools as to how to do this better. How to go beyond that first line, every way of man is right in his own eyes. Reminds me of another story. True, all of my stories are true. This one uh, occurred many years ago. Some of you may have heard it before. I don't give out any names and don't ask, but in this case, Uh, I was asked to mediate a dispute between two brothers. One was very experienced, probably in the faith at that time, 35 years, I don't know, 30, 35 years. One was very young in the faith, maybe one year. And there was a decision that was to be made and the young brother had his conviction The old brother had his understanding. And you know, it's not a great position to be in the middle, right? Well, this was one of those moments that you hesitate being involved. But I was asked to be involved. And they asked me to to come up with a solution, or at least provide some guidance. And I respected that. And, and, and I asked, I, I kind of queried both of them separately and privately. To the young brother, I wanted to know what fortified his convictions. And he told me. And to the older brother, I wanted the same. And from the older brother, I got this. My experience teaches me that in my 35 years of being a believer, that the answer should be this way. The young brother said, the Lord has given me the conviction and the inspiration that it should be the, the other way. All right. So what do you do? What do you do? Give me some guidance. What does the word say? Said- the word will not answer this question. It does. It, it would not. I need some help here. What do you say? What do you see in the scripture? Give me some examples. Everything, you're not going to find an answer to every, every question that arises jumping out at you in the pages of the Word. That brings, bring both of them together, pray together, along with you to God's guidance together instead of separately. Great advice. What else? Or was that going to be the same? Yes? Okay, They're both led of the Spirit. They believe that. Previous examples, I mean... Question come up in the result of going one way or the other way. Okay. Perhaps. Bob? Try to establish if there's an underlying truth or more, a larger kind of step away from the specific situation and see if Scripture can define or, or if we can come to a reasonable understanding on the bigger principle and then work our way back down into detail. Okay. It wasn't an issue of principle, it was an issue of choice. And the principle itself was not, there was not going to be a violation of principle on the Word of God, no matter which choice was being made. Paul? You may have to agree to disagree. The Bible says to live peaceably as much as lieth within you. That wasn't going to happen in this case. (laughs) That was not going to happen. There had to be an answer. And there was going to be an answer, Paul. I appreciate that. And sometimes that is good advice. But I can tell you in this point, In this case, that was not a choice, that was not an option. Coming up to you. We'll get to that. Was there an issue of an offense between those two brothers? No. Did the younger brother explain to you how he arrived at the conviction? Yes. Was it a good method? It was. The younger brother had a good method. Which I respected.: I could have, I could have. Right. Right. Uh, I'll tell you what I did do. I, and I respect all of your suggestions, and I realize that you are handicapped by not knowing the details, and I can't give them to you. <laughs> so this is what I said. To the younger brother, I said, "There needs to be a peaceful outcome." You have to come to an agreement between two of you that will satisfy both of you. That was item number one. To the the senior brother I said, I respect the fact that you have 35 years of experience. What I want to know is what the Lord has told you. I got no answer. You see, there's a danger here. There's a danger here as we grow older, brothers and sisters, that we will start to rely upon our experience. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when we don't include God in that process. We assume it was like the past. We assume that all our experience has made us wise and that God is going to react just like he always has in the past. And you know what? Huge mistake. Huge. Let's not rely upon our experience or we are falling into this. Are we not? Doesn't that describe what I just said? It does. It does. So I went to both of the brothers and I said, You know what? There is a way to resolve this, and that's to do as the scripture has demonstrated in the past lie a fleece before the Lord that you both agree on in advance and then wait for the outcome. That's what they did, and it was peacefully resolved. I bet you want to know who was right. I'm not going to tell you. All righty, let's move on. It's one of my favorite uh, references. Does anybody know who wrote this? Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Anybody want to hazard a guess? It was Jeremiah 10.23. Why is this true? Tell me why this is true. It is true, isn't it? Why do you think it's true? Hell. We don't know the future. And quite frankly, I put that one at the very top. We do not know the future. That's number 1. Beyond that there are many other things, but what comes to your mind? Why is this true? God does know the future. Excellent. What else? We're prone to failure. We're prone to failure. What What does our history say? You know, if we're going to rely on any of our experience, it should be on the negative, perhaps, and say, "Man, we've we really mucked this up. How many times now? What's the chances of doing it again?" I'd say pretty high. What else comes to mind? We're not in control, and we never will be in control. Excellent. Anything else come to mind? Let me throw another one at you. Don't jump to a conclusion. God helps those who help themselves. Anybody know the author of that? Uh huh. Man has divided this statement. It is patently false. 100% false. Why is it false? Not a God's name. I'm sorry? It's not a God's word. It's not out of God's word. That's, that's true. And you know, <laughs> bear with me, ladies. I think it's a wives' tale. <laughs> uh, oh, now you're watching. No, intro- oh, she is here. <laughs> um, it is not true. Why else is it not true? We're putting ourselves before God. We are putting ourselves... Notice the order here. Yeah, it's exactly true. Anything else come to mind? We need God's help in all that we need- Obviously, we need God's help in all that we're doing. <clears throat> what else comes to mind? God helps those who rely upon Him. Okay, that's perfect. God helps those who rely upon Him. And are there some scriptures that come to mind that you can quote pretty closely? I mean, that's the principle... Exactly. Anything else? We'll, we'll show you a few. That, that's great. All right. Let's ask you this question. Bear in mind my low-tech skills here. Is it God's will for us to know his will? Not a play on words there, but is it? For today, yes. For today, yes? Okay. We I mean, no problem with that. We may want to go bigger, but that's, that's good. I think it's just all the situations that he was in, and how there really know God's will in the situation of his life. When he looked back, he recognized how every situation worked with God's will in his life and how it affected others. But I don't think every situation he recognized or necessarily knew that everything was working out great for at that time. Okay, and obviously, his life, you know, when he was sold into bondage, you know, yet. It'll be interesting, you know, when we all get to glory to be able to say, Hey, Joseph, what'd you think? How was that day, and how did you handle it? I was just going to say that I think that it's gospel for us to know it as well, which is that we should be certain. That doesn't necessarily mean that we know the future. I mean, that's probably one kind of different. Okay, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll know the future. Did I get that correct? Okay, good. It may also not be manifest in our lifetime. Okay, that's entirely possible, right. Anything else come to mind? We want to know it immediately, but we have to be patient with part of what He wants to do. Right? Yeah, and we're going to get to that patience part. That's huge. Anything else come to mind? Wouldn't it be God's will to trust His will, whether we know it or not? Yes. Yes. I had to think about everything you said in there before I could uh, comprehend it. You know, going back to the who I am. Who am I? and Why am I here a phrase? I think, like, yeah, yeah, we need to trust His will. Uh, what else? Anything else? Come to mind. In the back. I think that God definitely wants to you know His will for whatever we are asking. You're asking God to know what I agree it's, with it's you. It's different than saying that one of His thoughts and His ways. That's <coughs> His sovereignty that asked what His will is think He definitely wants to be in his so He can do it for us. Yeah, He does. There's no doubt about it that He wants us to know His will. Why is that a challenge? And I'm not talking about the daily things that we talked about earlier, you know, when we started this morning. I'm talking about some of the big stuff. Why is it a challenge? Who can know the mind of God? Okay. It's God's time, not ours. We have to factor this in. I'm sorry, Buck. It's God's time, not ours. Okay, that's great. And we'll get to more of that. Mike? It's also if God has a plan for your life, it's up to us to find out what His will is so that we know what the plan is, so that we carry out the plan to be obedient to it. Excellent. And right in front? Um, We have a lot of desires in our lives, and it's hard to put your faith. Like, God, God may have a will for you that he wants you to do like sell everything you have but it's hard to put the faith in you do it if you want. Okay. Excellent. We have other desires that we want to do. Okay. I want to advance that but before I do. There's just sometimes where there's huge decisions that have to be made where you're going to go to school if you move away or not. And right. Right. you God's will right. so we're seeking it right. Right. what we need to do. But right. As we're seeking it what, are, what, what is the conflict that is going on? The conflict is want to do and, and what we think we should be doing or vice versa. There's a lot of kind of ambiguous. Okay. So around. you said what I want to do, what I think I ought to do, and the one you didn't say is gotcha. what God wants me to do. Yeah. So we've got, this, we've got these things uh, challenging one another. All right. And what we want to do this morning is get to the basis of that and find out the answer. I mean, that's, that's where we're going to go. That's where I hope we get to. But those are the conflicts that are going on. Let me ask you this. Uh, how, many, how many spirits are in you? Do you ever think about it? As a believer, how many spirits? Two. Two. Who are they? Holy Spirit. Yes? God's spirit. And? God's Spirit. Yes? And? Your spirit. <laughs> yeah, your spirit. Your soul is a spirit, it shall never die. And we have these spirits in us, our soul, the Holy Spirit. And can you, every time, determine which one is speaking? Not always. Not always. Is the right answer. Not always is the right answer. And so we need to find a way to find which one is the truth. You know, it would be perfect if they were both in absolute harmony and we could see them talking to each other and getting a perfect answer. The spirits are in perfect unity. The Holy Spirit and my spirit were talking exactly the same thing. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Because we are what? Flesh and blood. He is a spirit. Our soul is a spirit. And we are constrained by flesh and blood. Okay. Okay. Questions or comments on that? Additional thoughts about why it's a challenge? Yeah? Outside, influences. outside influences. Beautiful. Who hasn't had outside influences when it comes to decision making? You know, we talked earlier about the two brothers that were uh, challenged by a, a, a focal point decision. Uh, if it were up to the young brother alone, it would have been one way. If it were up to the senior brother, it would have been just the opposite. So there was outside influence going on here. Anything else come to mind? Thanks. Yes, Robert. A lot of times our own desires get in the way, just like Lot said, Oh, not so, my Lord. He he said, uh, Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. He he had a a very different desire than what God wanted him to do. Perfect. Uh, Prejudice. Prejudice, positively, negatively, doesn't matter. We can be be prejudiced towards a predisposition on an issue. Very dangerous for a believer. Very dangerous. Some time ago, I received a phone call that asked my opinion about one of these big choices in life. And there was consternation in the question demonstrating that the answer was not forthcoming, and there was certainly a desire to know the answer. And I was challenged with, why why wouldn't God give me this answer? Why not? Why? Give me some ideas. How can I help this? I need your advice. This is the question to me. How do I respond? Timing. Timing was one of the ones that I mentioned. God may be, be directing you in a specific way, But he hasn't revealed it yet because it's not his perfect timing. And in my case, uh, as it relates to a huge decision in my life, going back to our move to Phoenix, that was a process that took 10 months. 10 months. And it was an issue of not only was he leading, but the timing had to be right. What else? That was excellent. Fear of knowing what that ended. Oh, beautiful. That's almost exactly what I said. I said that, A, God's timing is involved here, but B, there's a second issue, and in your voice I hear a predisposition. I hear you leaning in a direction. I'm here to say you need to stand in the middle and you need to be firmly committed to however God answers your request, positively or negatively. And I said, until you do that, you may not get an answer. Why? Why could that be true? Why could I say that like I did? What does it demonstrate? What's the principle? Faith. Faith. Thank you very much. We are predispositioned to specific directions. And it's a challenge for us, then, to identify whether that is a conviction from God or a predisposition, a positive prejudice, in a specific direction or not. And that is a challenge. So we've identified. Is there another one? This this has been great. We've hit every one of the three that I wanted to get to. Excellent. Excellent. Guess what? We have help. We need help. Guess what? We have help. Here it is. Part of it. Likewise also the Spirit helpeth our firmness. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for them that love God to them who are decalled according to his purpose. We have help. We don't even know how to pray sometimes. But thank God the Spirit does, and he's involved in that at all times. John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show us things to come. Earlier I heard heard a comment that said, well, he shows us things for the day. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to say he may also show us things to come. And I believe he has. And I believe he will. But it will always be according to his will and at his timing. At his timing. Any comments or questions about that? Okay. Let's talk about this. Excuse the handwriting. The purpose of knowing God's will is? The purpose... Is (laughs) save us grief? Yes. And how do you know that? What principle of the word tells you that? Anyone can help him. What? It gives us peace of mind, and it should. And that would be a help. God is good. God is good. And what does He want for our lives? I'm sorry. Abundance. I heard something else. Joy. Joy. The best. Productivity. Productivity. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get to a scripture that supports that. Productivity. Service. He wants his plans carried out through us. He wants his plans carried out through us. Is a great answer to go along with what we heard here. Look at this scripture reference. Colossians 1, 9 through 10. For this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord, pleasing, fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. He wants us to know his will so that all of this can take place in our life. All of this. Let's look at uh, some prerequisites for understanding what the will of God is. What might they be? <laughs> you didn't <have> speed readers? <laughs> what might they be? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Excellent. Obedience. Commitment. Obedience. Obedience. I'm sorry? Submission. Submission. And that goes along with not being predisposed or prejudiced. Set apart. Excellent. We'll get to another scripture reference in that. Anything else? Faithful, Faithful and? Humbler. Humbleness. Excellent. Great. Let's look at the reference. I beseech you, once again, Romans twelve one 1-2. Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Somebody said sacrifice. Somebody said holy. I think somebody said acceptable. For the purpose of a reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind this is a daily process not a once in a lifetime process the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so we see here the prerequisites being outlined for us in the process or in advance of the process of understanding what the will of God is questions or comments on that? Okay, the process begins. We've got a few more minutes. The process begins. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct the path. So here we see the issue of faith being immediately demonstrated uh, with all thine heart. I can't can't overemphasize that issue. Uh, Lean not unto your own understanding. This is that issue of challenging, as I did the senior brother who said, my experience teaches me, experience has its place, it does, and I don't mean to minimize that. But I'm also here to suggest that we need at all times, no matter what our age, and no matter what our experience, to lean not on our own understanding, and then to, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And allow him to direct our paths. Are there any uh, demonstrable experiences that you've had that you would like to describe for us this morning in this way, briefly? Some come to mind. You're just a little too scared of that one. It's okay. The process continues with Psalms 25, 4, 4 through 5. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. What does this demonstrate? What's what's the principle here being demonstrated? We need to be teachable. Teachable Teachable at any age. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. All the day. Let me uh, take just a couple minutes at this point to tell you a little bit about my own experience. Forgive me if you've heard it. Some of you have. Um, Actually, I have a whole slew of them, but I'll only tell you uh, the one to begin with. In 1999, I'd been working with uh, Bank One Corporation for a lot of years. Uh, Let's call it 16 years or so, maybe 18. And uh, being in a business, any business that long, you get the feel for what's going on in the corporation. And the banking business slash investment business has gone through massive, massive change in the last 30 years. It looks nothing like it did 30 years ago. I was there, <laughs> and I was experiencing it in, in 1977 when I started. It, it came to me, in looking at the, the handwriting on the wall, what was going on inside the company, that my position in Mansfield was going to be phased out, And I could see that that was going to happen, so I challenged my boss one day when she called me from Columbus. and. Uh, I said, Nancy, it's obvious to me, I've been around a while, that uh, I see the, the uh, bank is moving in a direction where my job will be phased out in Mansfield, and she said, uh, Brian, you're correct. The only place where your position is going to be uh, continued is in metropolitan markets. Mansfield, Ohio, Not a metropolitan market. I love Mansfield, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to fit in that definition. Well, let's face it. And then she asked a question I wasn't ready for. She said, where do you want to go? Boom, just like that. But the spirit was ready. And I said, the only place in America I will consider is Phoenix, Arizona. Metropolitan market, weather's great. Love the church, wonderful people there, opportunity for growth, not only in the business itself, but I think in the fellowship, personally, in all of those areas, and without having the capacity to think in advance, that's what came out of my mouth. And she said, thank you, and that was the end of our conversation. That was in July of 1999. Thanksgiving of that year, our family was headed to North Phoenix for an extended weekend that included a baptism, Thanksgiving, uh, really a, a nice long weekend. So my family and I are headed down to the airport on Thanksgiving morning. Thanksgiving morning in Columbus, Ohio, November 25th or 4th, whatever it was, is like this. Pitch black, 28 degrees. It wasn't snowing or anything, but it was, you get the picture. I get out of my car, I'm pulling the luggage out of the back of the trunk, and I hear a voice say, Good morning, Brian. Keep in mind now that I'm in a parking lot of the Columbus Airport with thousands of cars, and I recognize the voice. We get on the same tram bus to take us to the terminal, and he says to me, His name is Jacques. He says, Brian, where are you going? I said, well, my family and I are going out to, uh, to Phoenix for an extended weekend. He says to me, Brian, you're going to Phoenix a lot sooner than you think. You see, he was the national sales manager for my division. Now, I don't know about you, but what's the challenges of, chances of running into your national sales manager at 6 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning in the middle of a parking lot with ten thousand cars <laughs> not like that. so we go out and we had a wonderful weekend we came back and uh, nothing happens except for this we Barb and I begin intense prayer an intense time of meditation of devotion of sacrifice of giving up our will of whatever it takes to find the answer. There's an extended period of time that takes place from November until mid-April when I don't hear essentially a thing. And then the phone rings one day at work. It's Nancy, my boss. Nancy, Brian, how are you? Good. Tomorrow you're going to get a call from a manager in Phoenix, Arizona. They've had an unexpected early retirement. They need to fill that position, like, soon. The next day, I get the call from Steven. Stephen, this is Brian, Stephen Suarez, manager in Phoenix. We need to come out for an interview. I said, when? He says, well, how's next week? So I'll be there. I knew that. then that we were moving to Phoenix. But I went, and the meeting went great, and you know the interview was great, and I came back home. I suggested that everybody start packing, because the Lord was going to move us. But we hadn't sold our home yet. Actually, I didn't put it up in the market, because up to that moment, God's will was not perfectly demonstrated. Now, the home next to us happened to be my parents' old home that had been for sale and vacant for 10 months. Okay, got a house to sell, have to move to Phoenix. The market's horrid and the home next door has been vacant for 10 months. What's the chances of selling a house in that environment? Not good. So we put it up for sale and I have two weeks, two weeks until I'm expected to be in my office in Phoenix, Arizona. So we put it up for sale. Sister Hilda listed it for us. And I'm not sure if they were the first people through or the second people, but there came a day when a couple was through the home. And they were supposed to be in and out by the time I got home from work. They were not. They were still there. So it was, uh, see, this would have been uh, late April, beautiful day, sunny day. No, obviously the home next door is vacant. We shared a driveway. Uh, So my family and I sat on the deck of my parents' empty house, and we waited for these people to leave. Finally, Barb has uh, meat in the oven. She says, Hillary, would you go over and turn off the oven? Hillary walks over into the house. These people, well, who are you, Hillary? And she introduces herself. Well, this is our house, and uh, I'm here to turn off the oven. (laughs) Where are your folks? Well, they're next door. They're just waiting for you to leave. Oh, invite them over, and we want to meet them. All right. They walk out. He introduces himself. He says, hi. Are you ready for this? I'm Bill Miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I almost laughed. I said, God, you've got a humor. I appreciate this. And he was enamored with the house, Bill and Trudy Miracle. No kidding. That's their names. just gush gushing over the property you know and we lived kind of in the woods area a little bit of front yards but mostly the house was surrounded by woods and uh i said to him i said uh you know i'm a little salesman at heart do you like animals <laughs> do you like wildlife oh man bill says i love wildlife i said you know it's five o'clock At 6 o'clock, there's four deer going to come out of here on the the left side of the woods. They're going to go right across our yard and into the woods on the other other side of the property. But you're an hour early. They always come at 6. You know what happened next? Those four deer got up and walked right (laughs) past us instantly. I mean, within seconds of my saying that, so quick that he said, "Did you pay them to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> amazing! <laughs> oh, I, got, I love God. That's just an amazing story. Every single word. Um, that was Monday, Wednesday of that week. I'm leaving for Phoenix. I get to. Uh, it's a long drive. Wednesday night, I left for Phoenix. Friday evening, I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona. My wife and I are communicating. We're probably going to get an offer. And uh, we would communicate uh, as soon as we could. I arrived in Flagstaff, late afternoon, 4 o'clock or so. I called back. She had an offer. We countered together. And I said, call me back uh, when I get to Phoenix if, if we have an answer. Before I went to bed in Phoenix, the first night the house was sold. You know, isn't that amazing? Is there any way to describe that except God doing each and every single one of those things? I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. But they that, whoa, hey, here we go. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And I got another story. This is Maurice. And Kim's not here, so I'm going to tell it anyway. All right. You know, brothers, unless you have daughters, you have no idea what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> there came a time when I was approached by a young brother in the North Phoenix Church with a hand of marriage to my daughter. After I picked myself off the floor, <laughs> because I had no idea this was coming, we had a great chat. And I said to Mark, Mark, you're going to need to tell me <laughs> how the Lord has taken you to this point. And he did. And i got to tell you, I was, I was humbled. I was very humble. And none of us saw this coming. <laughs> and that includes Kim. And I said to Mark, I said, Mark, um, this is going to be a bit of a surprise. <laughs> uh, you want me to tell her?
1: <laughs> How do you want to handle this?
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> i make a long story short. We, uh, this was immediately prior to, uh, to the holiday season. Then included the dedication of our new fellowship out there. And we were then just a couple weeks of that. And he said, Brian, what, why don't you do this? Why don't you wait till after all this hoopla is over? And then you tell me. You asked for me. I was humbled by that. And I respected that greatly. And I did that. And uh, this is the part that, as a father, I appreciate so much. Firstly, because it proved to me that my children were learning some valuable lessons and that they were willing to begin implementing those in life changing issues. And Kim felt the conviction to accept this proposal with the following prerequisite. She said, mom and dad you have to come to the same conviction. That meant that I needed to go through the experience of understanding a marriage proposal that now essentially included me. Because I had to come to the same conclusion that she did and because I do not take this process lightly, as you can see, and, and probably have experienced by what I have demonstrated to you this morning, that this takes serious, gut-wrenching, soul-searching, prayer, fasting, waiting upon God, all of those things because I'm going to go through a step-by-step process that I'm going to illustrate before this next seven minutes is over that will give you the tools to do the same thing. And Barbara and I did that on our own separately before the answer was given back to Mark that the proposal was accepted. And the reason I, I want to use this is how the Lord revealed that to me. I love his sense of humor. I was having a service one Sunday evening, and it was about some of the topic that we've discussed here today. Coming to understand the will of God, waiting upon him, um, trusting in him, seeking his guidance and all of these things. And this reference came to my mind as I was thinking... About Kim and Mark and their situation because that proposal had, it was in the interim time. It was between the time that it was offered prior to acceptance. So there's this time that is elapsing here, and as I am preaching, this does happen by the way, thoughts run through our minds as we preach that also may include thoughts about, dare I say, some folks that might be in the audience. And in this case, Kim and Mark came to my mind as I was thinking about and reciting this verse. For the life of me, I couldn't remember where it was. I could quote it verbatim. I just couldn't remember where it was. And so uh, I ended the service and went on. But as I was praying and fasting and seeking the Lord's will for Kim and Mark, what I wanted to know or have was a revelation from God, an act of God, that confirmed his will to me as it relates to Kim and Mark. And you know what God did? He said, Brian, you couldn't remember the verse. So as I was praying and searching for God's will, I opened up the word, and I put my eyes on the page, and he says, you couldn't find it. Here it is. Here it is. What he was showing me was as I was thinking about them in my meditation and in the service at that particular moment, I couldn't think of the reference that applied. I could quote it, but I couldn't think of it. And the Lord says, Brian, it's my will, and here's the reference that you couldn't think of. Oh, wow, it's beautiful. And I know that might be a tad abstract for you, but unless you are in the mindset that I was in as it relates to serious meditation, And devotion to finding the answer, this just jumped out at me as amazing revelation as it relates to God's will. Here it is. Proving the will of God has three facets. Only three. Very easy to remember. Supporting circumstances. What do I mean by supporting circumstances? Somebody help me. Supporting circumstances. Paul. Well, just like Okay, and, and certainly that is the case when a family issue decision is involved. It could be involved. Clues. 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 I, God does drip on us once in a while. Clues. That's great. Anything else? Things falling into place. Things falling into place. Excellent. And I described to you many of those in my own experience. Yes? Bob? Yeah, I mean, I was going to lose my job, right? As an example, it was a supporting circumstance. I needed to feed my family. I'd worked for this company for close to 20 years. I hoped to retire from them. That wasn't going to happen in Mansfield. wasn't. Anything else? Yeah. biblical Biblical principles. Beautiful. Every supporting circumstance absolutely must... Be supported by biblical principles. Trudy. I would mark, the Lord and I would say amen to that in hindsight. Of course, we didn't know it, you know, in advance. And that's beautiful, Trudy. I appreciate that. Yes? The question about supporting circumstances, how do we discern if, you know, doing God's will is not always doing the easiest thing or the most obvious thing or what, you know, we feel is you know, how do you determine that? Because sometimes I think you can read things in the You certainly can. And that's why I never understand, never, ever, ever rely upon this. It is one of the issues that I use to get to the answer. It is one of three. But if that were the only one, I would never accept that as the answer. Okay? Supporting circumstances, in my opinion, is never to be trusted explicitly. That's my opinion. I can't quote you a verse. That is my opinion. Anything else on supporting? I want to go back to the issue of principle of the Word. Let me give you this example. Every single one of us, as a believer, have made good faith commitments to the Lord, to family, to the church family, Will God, this is a question, will God ask you to violate those commitments? No. He will never ask you to violate the principle of commitment that you have made. This is the reason. He he has not been tempted. He He can tempt no man. The word says that it is better to... Have not promised than to promise and not keep. The principle of the word is that we must find supporting principles to be maintained in our, in our decision making. They can't be countered. In other words, we cannot violate our commitment and believe God is leading us to do so. It doesn't make sense. And you can't find any scripture to support that. Excellent. Excellent. Supporting convictions. Running out of time. Speaks for itself. Although I would suggest to you this. It is helpful. It is helpful to advance, as the scripture says, beyond our own conviction and to to include the counsel of others. And I would suggest that that is an additional step if you want to include that in the issue of supporting convictions. An act of God. An act of God is the only one, the only one, that I would accept alone. The only one. I prefer to have all three. I utilize all three. I require of God all three. He answers with all three. I would suggest that if he only acted, in my case, with an act of God... Uh, I certainly would <laughs> I accept that. Who wouldn't? These are the three. I'm here to suggest to you that if you imply these three, as it relates to the major choices in your life, that you cannot make a mistake. You cannot make a mistake. It is God's will that you know His will. He wants you to know His will. He wants you to trust him, to lean on him, and to wait upon him. And if you do, you will fly like an eagle. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you very much. God bless you. Appreciate your help today.